I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You are listening to the GAA Hour brought to you by Sports Joe and Shore. 72-hour non-stop protection. Tested to the limits. Sure, it won't let you down. Hello and welcome to a special episode of the GAR brought to you by Sure 72 Euro Protection. My name is Lee Costello and I'm delighted to say that we are joined up with AIB, proud sponsors of Club and County, hashtag the toughest, to preview this weekend's action. We've got two massive interviews for you today, one with Derry legend Paddy Bradley and three-time All-Ireland winner with Kerry David Moore. We chat about their inter-county careers, retirement, coaching plans and of course this weekend's action. Hope you enjoy. Hey, Paddy, how's it going? Not so bad, hey, not so bad. Yourself? Oh, I'm hanging in there, hanging in there. I'm actually, before we get into the good stuff, I'm hoping you can actually settle something for me. Um, do you remember over lockdown, everyone would do Zoom quizzes? Well, yeah, I, yeah. I did a Zoom, yeah, I did a Zoom quiz with my family and I had like a GAA round. And one of the questions was, who was the top scorer in the Ulster Championship? And I had it down as you. And it caused a serious debate among my family. So I said, when I've got you today, I'm fine. I'm just going to ask you straight from the horse's mouth. Is it you? No, Conor McManus took over me. He took over you. Yeah. Uh, no, this was in 2020, to be fair. Aye, it probably was me. For for some reason, people seem to think Canavan and McConville had scored more than me and I was third. I think that was yeah. something that was picked up on Wikipedia, but I had scored more than them too. So I was right. top scorer for a long time, I was. But I think McManus did take over in the last couple of years. Okay, right. Uh, I can sleep easy now. That, that you were right. You were, probably, you were probably right. Yeah, right. So if they're listening to this, you, you can finally uh, stop annoying me about it. <laughs> um, we'll get into the good stuff now, and, and we'll talk about uh, this season. Um, well, Aidan O'Rourke's obviously left the Donegal panel. He announced that. I assume that means that you uh, left with them, or are you interested in any of the coaching opportunities at Donegal that are vacant at the minute? No, I suppose whenever Aidan stepped down that night, we stepped down as a management team. Um, I think Aidan said that suppose there's a lot of different issues going on within Donegal at the minute, and it really is up to maybe Donegal to find the Donegal solution to them. Now, to be honest, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my year with them, even though there was a lot of stuff going on 
in the background. Um, we tried not to let that affect the team, but you know it's a fun, it's a funny enough county um, in the sense that there's a there's two or three radio stations. Um, so there must be four or five different papers, and in every one of them, there's a a GA chat show or there's a GA column from maybe an ex footballer or, or something like that, and everybody was having an opinion about everything. It seemed to be, and I, I'd never come across that. Like that, that's not the way things are. For example, in, in County Derry, so you know you're you're always saying to players, obviously not to, you know, suppose read too much into what's been said on on the media or social media, but I don't think. You know, you can guard them from everything because at the end of the day, their their families, their siblings, their friends are, are reading this stuff, and there probably was a lot of negativity towards the team, especially with all the stuff that was going on in the background. But you know, still, that said, I said I really enjoyed it. Um, I think for Donegal moving forward, like you take a look at the Donegal team that played against Derry that night in the round robin in Bally Buffet. Compare that to the team that went out against Derry in the Ulster final last year. I think there was maybe nine or ten men were unavailable for one reason or another. So I think if Donegal get their injuries cleared up, the likes of War McFadden Ferry will be back. You know, Michael Langham will be back. Paddy McBurdy obviously coming back from the hamstring. Patter Mogan, the Donalds were in America. Ryan McHugh opted out for work reasons. I think if they got all them boys back and you know, look at the players that we brought through this year, the likes of, uh, you know, um, Mark Kern, the likes of Rory O'Donnell, Oshin Gallon got a full year, um, Keelan McColgan. I think Donegal football is in a very, very healthy position next year. Um, but what they're going to do in terms of management, I don't know. Um, I see the likes of Rory Kavanagh has already come out and said he's not interested in Martin Regan, the Glenties manager, who's had a successful few years. With uh, with Glenn, he's said he's not interested. So I suppose it's up to them in the next few while to try try and find a solution as to where they want to go. But thoroughly enjoyed the year and um, great lads. As I say there's a lot of stuff going on in the background, and hopefully they do get their house in order. Oh, absolutely. And you mentioned something like stuff that was going on around in the background. And one of the um, issues at the start of the season was obviously Paddy Carr resigning. And um, when that happened at the time. How did you guys decide to stay on there? You know, was there any temptation that you guys were going to leave? Did you have a chat with the players? You know, how was the decision made that you and Aidan would stay on? I suppose first and foremost, our, our loyalty was with Paddy because Paddy was the manager of the team and uh, it was him that brought Aidan and myself in. But Paddy um, was very keen for us to stay on. I suppose the players at the stage had expressed an interest that we still be involved and we only were ever going to do that with Paddy's approval and, and, and Paddy didn't want us to stay on. And difficult difficult situation, difficult few weeks. Um, but in fairness to the players, after we, we already knew, I suppose, at that stage we were relegated and that, and that was a difficult period. Um, but we, I suppose we circled the wagons, I thought, pretty well. We obviously had a poor, poor result against Down in the Ulster Championship. We were very disappointed with that, but I thought we came back well. And as I say, probably our worst performance of the year actually ended up in the, in the game against Jerome. It was just one of them nights that nothing went wrong, or nothing went right, sorry. Um, I actually felt back in that game that, you know, we were in a decent enough position at half time. We were only three or four points down playing with a big one, but we butchered a couple of three opportunities at the start of the second half and, and the heads dropped, you know. So, so it was a disappointing end of the season. But look, as I said, it really, really... Glad that I got involved there. You know, there's no such thing as a bad experience, I find, in football. Um, you're learning the whole time. Um, for me, there was plenty of lows and there was highs. But anybody that's involved in football know 
regardless of how bad things are going, they're never as bad as what people make out to be. Same thing whenever you're going well and you the highs of obviously beating Monon, for example, you're never mm-hmm. really going as well as people have said you are then either. You're not exactly the word people word beaters people think you are. So it's a bit of a mixed bag. But as I said to you, I think Donegal football is actually still not in that bad a place if they get all their players back. I must say that, you know, in terms of, you know, no all stars and whatnot, like probably there's a fella there that you know, I've been you know saying this for a while now. Um, Britton McCool and fullback marked in the space of four or five weeks. Marked um, Shane McGuigan, uh, Keelan Sexton, Darren McCurry, Jack McCarran, who come off the back of scoring nine points against Clare the week before. Like whenever all stars and all star nominations are being dished out, I think what Donegal have is the one of the best man markers in the game, and he's somebody I would really love to see getting the recognition he deserves for, I suppose, the performances he put in this year. The fact that Donegal maybe didn't goes deep in the championship as they'd like. Maybe, well, maybe he might not get recognised, but I think he's he's worthy of a mention in terms of the season he had. He certainly is. He certainly is. Um, you mentioned there the low after the, the down match in Ulster. Then you guys had like a four or five week sort of break together before going into that group stage. Maybe not as long as that, but d- during that time, it seemed like you got a lot of players back, the mood lifted and you were able to attack Clare and... It was like a, you know, it was like night and day. It was like the Donegal of old, as you say, that you, you got a real kick out of them again. What what was done in that period away? And look, we just put the head down and continued to work hard. We didn't really make that many adjustments to the way we had played throughout the league. Small adjustments, um, but players just started to find a bit of form. Um, look, there was a lot of players, the likes of Jason McGee, who again had a had a troublesome year with injuries. You know. Um, the likes of Kieran Thompson missed pre-season Britton McCall missed a bit of pre-season so there's a lot of players that maybe hadn't uh, got all the work done that they typically would have in a normal pre-season and I suppose that affected performances at the start of the year but as you say there was a period of three or four weeks we obviously went to Carton House before the down game and maybe the down game became a wee bit too soon but th- there was plenty of good work went on the players put the head down in Convoy and you know turned it around again Clare and, and momentum is a big thing in sport as you know like the second half performance in Clare gave them huge belief and we took that through even to the Derry game. I know we didn't get the result we wanted, but I felt we played well enough that night and created plenty of chances and showed that we weren't that far away. And then obviously, um, you know, beating Monaghan uh, and Oma that night was a fantastic performance. And I was just disappointed to say the way the season ended against Tyrone because I, I felt we were back to the way we had sort of been playing uh, in the league. In the league, you know, there was just too many own forced errors and that night against Tyrone. We just give the ball away far, far too cheaply and, and furnished to Tyrone, they're, they're a quality side. And, you know, um, I thought in the second half they controlled the game well. I've already mentioned the fact that you know, two or three chances at the start of the second half to maybe close the gap to a point or two would have put them under a bit of pressure. But uh, Tyrone managed the game well, um, won their free kicks, took time over the ball. Uh, and look, they, they, were, they were well worthy of the one that night. So it was disappointing to say the way the season finished. Mm-hmm. And then, what about your future in terms of intercounty coaching and management? Uh, is that still something you'd be interested in? I will look. We'll see whatever opportunities arise. Um, I'm just back with the club now. I so had managed my own club last year to the intermediate title in Derry, and I had stood down while I was involved with Donegal. But I suppose with the Donegal uh, season right up now, and the, the club season only really starting to kick off in Derry now at the start of August. There's a wee bit of an opportunity now to get back involved with the club now for the next number of weeks. Um, so the plan would be to get back there and try and see if we could uh, retain our intermediate title. And we'll just see whatever opportunities arise in the future. As I say, there's no such thing as a bad experience in sport. Um, you know, you're learning the whole time. 
Um, really enjoyed working with Aidan in particular, a real good coach. I really enjoyed working with the players up there and the background staff. So, yeah, it's something that uh, I'm, I'm glad I did. Uh, I'm lucky, you know, I say, I think Donegal football is in a healthy enough state, even though there's a lot of stuff going on in the black background. I think there's plenty of good footballers there. Um, you're still kicking a bit of ball yourself. Is I reading that you're involved with the Derry Masters this year? Hi, uh, well. I played the first game, believe it or not, there, but it must be eight or nine weeks ago at this stage against Donegal uh, one Saturday uh, down in the given in the first game. So um, I I got a few scores in that and I was feeling, feeling good enough. Um, in the interim period there, I wasn't fit to play just because of my, my involvement with the Donegal senior side. But at the weekend past there, we had another game against Down uh, up in Brida, and, and, uh, up in British Pitch in Cherryville in Belfast. So we won that mm-hmm. game too. So I... Um, I think with a game to go, ourselves and Tyrone and Kerry, Galway are up in the top four slots. So it looks as if we're going to be in the, I think the way it works is the top four teams go through to the cup section. So it looks as if Derry might well make that in our first year. So the problem was uh, you might come across one of the better sides and say like Tyrone or Kerry. They actually played Tyrone one night. I wasn't available playing that game and get a bad beating. But it's a, it's a funny because I suppose there's maybe about 55 men in the WhatsApp group. Um, but every time there's a trend or a match on, you might struggle to get 20 or 25 men, depending on you know who's available. Obviously, at this time of the year, there's a lot of a lot of men away with their families and holidays and whatnot. No, but it's, look, it's very, very enjoyable. It's nice to pull on the Derry jersey again. There is quite a few of the lads that I had played with through my own inter-county career, like Sir Paul McGlynn and Brian Mull, Paul Murphy and Paul Curtin, uh, Roman Rocks as manager of the side, who used to play with Derry too. So good crack, um, good for camaraderie. And I say it's, uh, it's, it's just a bit lighthearted. Yeah, no, and uh, you mentioned they're pulling on the Derry jersey again. I actually, just before this interview, I was just doing some research and about a year ago, uh, you'd done an interview and you'd actually said that you had quite a lot of regrets from your playing days with Derry. And people would find that sort of hard to believe, considering, you know, like you're an all-star, you play in some of the biggest games about, but I think it was sort of reference to winning things. And could you just sort of explain what you meant by that? Hi, look, um, well, you know, I mentioned some of the, the names of some of the boys that I played with, you know, obviously you have the likes of Anne Muldoon and my brother Owen up front, Jared Keane, my cousin, Paul McFlynn, Johnny Bride, Sean Marty Lockhart, Kevin McGoy, Kevin McGuckin. You know, the list goes on for a Um I, I played in on great Derry sides, uh, in my first year playing with Derry, I got to an Ulster final. We won a couple of National League Division One titles, but we weren't fit to win an Ulster, Ulster Championship. Um, I would rate the Derry team that I played on on paper every bit as good as the current Derry team, for example. But we didn't dispose avail of the good team we had. Uh, and that's all credit to the, the Derry team that's out the present and the, and the current management team. You know, to a weeked out two Ulster titles in a row is a fantastic achievement. But there's serious regrets on, on my part, the fact that that good team of players that I played on wasn't fit ever across the line in Ulster. We, you know, we showed and through our National League performances and won on a couple of National League titles, we showed in one-off games against the Thrones or Armas or Donegal's or Monaghan that we were capable of beating anybody on our day. But for some reason, we just couldn't string two or three results together, two or three results together to get us an Ulster title. So it's very, very disappointing and. Look, in terms of individual accolades and scoring stats and all that, that's all well and good for, for me from a personal point of view. But at the end of the day, as a footballer, you're measured by what you won as your team. And unfortunately, the team that I played on, the Derry team, didn't win uh, what they should have won, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And ju- just on this current Derry team, they've obviously, you mentioned, back-to-back Ulster titles. They're on the crest of a wave. Probably the most consistent team in the last four, them in Dublin. 
Um, I don't think they've lost this season apart from the league final. Uh, what they're going to be underdogs against Kerry. I think that there's no secret there. So just with your sort of dairy bias and your management head on you, how can Derry win this game? I know they're underdogs, of course, yeah. Kerry are all Ireland champions. Um, I do think they have a chance. Um, I was just saying to the lads just down below there that the big thing for me that Derry have been really good at in the last couple of years has been getting ahead, starting early, getting scores on the board and nearly forcing other teams to come out and come at them and then hitting them in the break. Derry have loads of pace in their team and I think that pace can hurt Kerry. The other thing that Derry can do is, is score goals, and I think they are going to need to score at least two goals to win the game at the weekend. The big thing for me is Derry can't play and, and turn like a, start off in containment mode. You know, if Derry are going to try and contain Kerry from the start, I think Kerry gradually will go into the game and pick them off. Like everybody knows Kerry's strengths, but it is going to take a massive performance. I think uh, in the last maybe three or four games, Derry haven't been maybe firing on all cylinders. You know, they were very, very good throughout the league in the Ulster Championship, but they've been off the boil a bit. But that's okay, because if you look at even Kerry themselves or Dublin, there's no team this year has been consistently good throughout the whole Championship campaign. So I think there is going to be a big performance in Derry on Sunday. Obviously, to win the game, their key players are going to have to stand up. You know, obviously, Shane McGuigan's the marquee forward. Like he was an all-star form at the start of the year. Again, the last couple of games, he's been off the boil a bit, but he's a quality player and he's going to take a bit of a tie down. Um, at times Derry defend with 15 men and you see Shane back defending helping out his defence and he's going to have to do that but at times I would like to see Shane kept high up the field because I think if we get good long early ball to Shane he can do damage in there like midfield is going to be another huge battle like the two midfields are fantastic for me the two Derry boys uh, complement each other well obviously Connor Glass plays that sort of sitting role you know, putting out fires in dairy defence. His positional sense is excellent. Whereas Bretton Rogers then drives the team forward. Like his his ability to, you know, blow holes in opposition defences, to break lines, to kick scores is phenomenal. So I think the two boys uh, companies are really well. So it's going to be an interesting midfield battle. And then you're looking obviously to the dairy defence to see how they tie down Shawnee O'Shea and the two Cliffords. So you'd expect that Chrissy will get the job of Mark and uh, David. David probably, by his own high standards, wasn't as good as he has been last day out. And that might spell trouble for Derry. Um, but look, Chris is as good a man marker there is in the game. He sort of himself hasn't been maybe playing as well as he has been in the last couple of games. I know he had carried a bit of an Achilles injury uh, in the last few games. So hopefully that's cleared up and he's he's fully fit and, and functioning at 100%. So it's an intriguing battle, as I say. A lot of people are saying Kerry are strong, strong favourites. I think Kerry yeah, are favourites, but I don't, you know, I don't think this is going to be an eight or nine point game. I think Derry still have a big, big chance, but it is going to take a good start and maybe a couple of goals. Mm-hmm. You just you mentioned one match up there, Chrissy McCaig on David Clifford. I think everyone's expecting that one. But what about Shawnee O'Shea and Potty Clifford themselves? Like other two players of need sort of tied down. Is is that McIlness and McCluskey, or what way do you see Derry dealing with them? Probably McCluskey goes and Potty Clifford, I would think. Um, and then it was funny. I was thinking of this in the car down the road. McKinless can mark Shawnee O'Shea physically. I think he'd be fit for him. The one maybe problem is Gareth likes the attack. And if Gareth does attack and Shawnee doesn't follow him, you know, are you, are you taking a bit of a chance? The other thing is maybe if Gareth does put him in the back foot and, and, and forces Shawnee to, 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 to have to follow him back down the field. You know, Gareth mm-hmm. has been a big, big player, player for Derry the last couple of years. Like, you talk about 
you know, wide area are going so well. It's because of players like Conrad Glass coming back from Australia and Gareth McKinless finally buying into you know the county setup because he was always good enough to play for Derry from way, way out. But it's only really this last couple of years he's really bought in. So I think they probably will start McKinless on him. My only one fear for that matchup would be that, as I say, Sean O'Shea maybe doesn't fall off Gareth when he attacks. Uh, or maybe the Gareth himself doesn't attack enough, which is obviously a, 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 you know, a big plus for Derry, and we don't want to take that away from Derry. But they have other options there, like Potty McGrogan, who I managed at club level. We Newbridge is a fantastic player, and Matt Marker, so he's an option to go on, on Sean O'Shea too. No, he is for sure. And then what, what do you think of the whole sort of the, the statement that's sort of uh, washed against Derry in terms of playing in Croke Park? You know, the, the, the label is very much that they don't perform as well in Croke Park. Defensively, the record isn't as good. Do you think there's any truth in that? Or is it just the matter that when you're in Croke Park, you're playing better teams? So yeah, I think that's it. Look, it's all, it's all noise. I don't think that'll be affecting the group whatsoever. Like, if you get back to the All-Ireland semi-final last year, well, All-Ireland quarter-final, first and foremost against Clare, they were fantastic. You know, they cut Clare and Ribbons. Uh, and look, in the first 35 minutes against Galway last year, I thought they were fantastic. Um, they should have been further ahead and possibly could have had the game won at half time, And that was just poor game management and, and missed chances. So I don't think, you know, last day out, they weren't exceptional against Cork, but they'd done what they had to do. So I don't think the venue is going to be any sort of issue at all. I think the wide open spaces and the vastness of it actually suits Derry in terms of the pace they have in their team. The likes of Conor McCluskey, the likes of Ethan Doherty, you know, the likes of Gareth McKinless coming from deep, Paul Casty, you know, will be fairly hurt carry in one-on-one matchups if, if they can move the ball fast. No, yeah, I, I think so. I, I don't think the Crook Park thing will weigh on them too much at all. Um, you mentioned earlier about Shane McGuigan and, and being like the marquee forward and hopefully getting the best out of him. Would you say, for me, sort of looking at it from the outside, I'd say Shane McGuigan's the first real marquee for the Derry I've had since the likes of yourself and your brother Owen in the terms of, obviously a lot of brilliant forwards have played for Derry since then, but in terms of, you know, get the ball to this guy and, and he'll win games for us, you know, and play through him nearly. You, how, how highly do you rate Shane McGuigan? Like, and how far can he go? Look, he's up, to me, he's up there. I mentioned Britton McCool earlier on. Like, probably the boys I mentioned that sentence, the likes of Shane McGuigan, uh, Keelan Sexton, Darren McCurry, you know, Jack McCarn, Connor McManus, David Clifford, Polly Clifford, Sean O'Shea, they are the marquee forwards. They're the top five, ten forwards in the, in the country. Shane's up there and deserves to be talked about in, in, you know, in circles like that. Um, as I said, he maybe hasn't, by his own high standards, been as good as he, he could have been the last couple of games. Look, any forward will know from, from experience, myself too, Whenever you have a number of good games, you're going to be double teamed, sometimes triple teamed. Uh, I think Shane has learned to deal with that really, really well. Um, the sort of story was at the weekend after the court game that had been nursing again a wee bit of a foot injury going into that game. And maybe that's why he maybe wasn't as clinical in front of the post as he usually is. But his scoring stats are, are phenomenal. Probably his scoring stats, I don't know if anybody does this anymore, compares them to... To other people's or even my own scoring stats back in the day, they're up there as good, if not better. You know, so I rate him as one of the, the top three or four forwards in the game. And I've no doubt that um, he'll be keen to compress and put on a good performance at the weekend. And look, he's going to be marked for special attention. Probably Jason Foley will pick him up and that's going to be a big battle and that's going to have a huge say on where that who wins the game. No, yeah. Um, I do follow some of the stats. There's some great pages on Twitter. Gaelic Statsman's a very good one. and He revealed actually Shane McGuigan's the top scorer Overall, so far this year in the championship, while Calm Baskill is the top scorer from play, I think uh, at the minute anyway. Um, 
We'll move on now to the other game, which is obviously Monaghan and Dublin. Again, the Ulster side are going to be the underdogs in this. Uh, do you see any way Monaghan can get over the line? They've, they've proved everyone wrong so far, but is this their ceiling? Look, it's, it's hard to look past um, Dublin, isn't it? Uh, they seem to have been mm-hmm. in the form at the right time. What's really impressive with Dublin is their bench too. <laughs> you know, you look at some of the men they're leaving out and they're fit to bring on. I must admit, I didn't see them on an hour yet. Maggie and my actually a young lad had a, had a was had emergency surgery in his hip last Saturday morning. So I spent last Saturday morning. He had to get pins inserted. I spent last Saturday in, in Elton Gallon, so I didn't see the games on the Saturday. And I actually didn't get to Crook Park on the Sunday. I had to watch the games from home. But um, look, Dublin, Dublin for me just are, are coming to the boil at the right time. You mentioned Colin Baskell. You know, they've unearthed another top class forward. He's somebody that I have watched closely in the last number of years, and he's had to be patient and wait for his chance. Um, but his uh, composure in front of goals this year has been exceptional. Um, I look, Monon will make it hard. They'll put 15 men behind the ball, um, they'll force, you know, Dublin, you know, down blind alleys and try and strip them, turn them over. But you'd think Dublin would be fairly figured out. The Dublin, as I say, the Dublin panel, the Dublin team, the pace they have in it, uh, they just look like a well-oiled machine that are just coming to the brim at the right time. Mm-hmm. And then even before that match, there's obviously the Talchian Cup final between Down and me. Uh, what do you think of Down so far this year? You obviously came across them with uh, Donegal, um, the whole sort of Conor Laverty revolution. They were a team that were very much a lot of problems off the field and they seem to be getting their house in order. I think that's it. I, this Connor seems to be sorting out a lot of the, the issues in the background, and you're seeing the performances and on the field reflect that. Um, look against Donegal and Ulster Championship. I felt we had started that game really well, and only for the bad goal we conceded. I thought we were in a relatively healthy position in that game. Um, but down have regrouped well ever since their defeat to Armagh. Obviously, the big game for them would have been the Cavan game. Um, having analysed down throughout the National League ahead of the Ulster Championship. Cavan beat them quite comfortably that day and uh, Breffney Park in the National League and to be fair he turned that around and flipped down his head and beat them uh, in the Talchon Cup was probably a, a big boost for them so obviously then Connor's getting a lot of praise for the approach he's adopted and to letting fringe players or people outside of 18 or 19 play club football and that seems to be reaping their rewards too it means that the people that he's bringing on, the subs that he's using are coming in and have, they're full of football, haven't played for maybe the club the week previous to that. So I looks an interesting game. Meath obviously beat them earlier on the year, but it was two points, I think. So it's going to be a very, very t- you know, tight game. Um, mm-hmm. Again, having watched the Down and Leash game, Down are very, very good at uh, creating goal chances. That's something myself and Aidan had actually noted about them ahead of the Ulster Championship clash. They're very, very slick in terms of their hand passing and off the ball running. Uh, I feel Down are slight favourites going into that game and I think that game could be determined with their ability to get goals and if Meath are going to beat them, they're going to have to stop them at least scoring two or three goals. Mm-hmm. And then lastly for me, Paddy, uh, Derek, All-Ireland minor champions, huge success again. The future looks really, really bright. I mean, is this like from the current team at the minute, back-to-back Ulster champions, and then seeing what's coming through, you know, the minor championship uh, a couple of years ago as well. Is, is it a really exciting time to be from Derry at the minute? Listen, I've said it already there. Momentum's a huge thing in sport. It's only, five, what, five, six, seven years ago, Derry were playing Division 4. Um, but we seem to have our house in order at all levels. You know, club football, you had Slack Neil, obviously, uh, leading from the front, and now Glenn are sort of backing that up. 
uh, in terms of the colleges, and Pat Mahara are back competing at a high level. St Mary's Marafield from McCrory's. The, the development squads, Chris Connell heads them up, doing fantastic work. And I think we've been now in seven of the last nine minor finals, which shows that good work coming to fruition. And that's all feeding through to a senior team that, as you say, are in the crest of a way. So it's an exciting time for Derry. Um, the big thing will be is all these good minor teams just trying to bring a lot of them players through to boost into this uh, senior side. The one criticism maybe a lot of people will have, and rightly so of the senior side, is panel strength, panel depth, maybe just doesn't seem to be quite there yet, particularly up front. Um, that good minor team who won three years ago, obviously the likes of uh, Matthew Downey and Dan Higgins and the like of them boys, maybe just haven't quite come through yet, so we need to try and get as many of them boys through. But it is an exciting time for Derry football, and um, no, they're definitely in the crest of a wave. And look, You only have to see their support. Like Even whenever I was playing, the Derry support was poor at times. But... You know, the support that, you know, the interest that's been generated by the senior team doing so well the last two years, you know, that's going to feed into that. And it'd be great if we get us back to our first All Ireland final since '93. Yeah, not, not to put words in your mouth, but you sort of touched on it there. Like, is there a part of you that's maybe not, not jealous is the word, but, you know, like wish you were involved around now, you know, when, when on this crest of the wave that, that you were available? Does oh. that make sense? Oh, yeah. Well, look, that's it as a player. You know, having played for 12 or 13 years for Derry and uh, as we spoke about already, not having achieved what I think we could have achieved with the team I had, there's a small bit of tinge of jealousy there because, you know, you're thinking, Jesus, we had uh, maybe just bought on that bit more or trained that bit harder or done things that wee bit differently. That could have been us. But look, full credit to the boys that are there. Um, look, the one thing I would say with this current team is they're very well, well very much player-led. They've got some fantastic leaders there. I'm not saying the team we had didn't have, uh, but probably as an individual, probably I could have done more, or Fergal Doherty could have done more, or Kevin McGuckland could have done more, or Kevin McLeod could have done more. I'm looking at the likes of Christian McCaig and Conor Glass and Brenton Rogers, Shane McGuigan, you know, Kieran McFall coming back in there. These boys are leading from the front uh, and they're getting their just rewards. Mm-hmm. Paddy, thank you so much for chatting to me. No, no bother at all. Hey David, how are things? Good, good, good. Good, good to hear. How's the retired life treating you? Different, a little bit strange, but it's uh, it's good. It's enjoyable. Like you know, I'm looking forward to the game on the weekend, um, and I enjoy the last round as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet. Um, you took a little bit of time before you know announcing your retirement from winning the All Ireland last year. Just how tough a decision was that? I was, and then I suppose with the club, you know, it wasn't as if I was off doing nothing trying to decide I was just kind of just put all my my efforts in with the club and I suppose we were lucky we got a great run so that ended up finishing in February so I suppose I was under no pressure to make a decision until then anyway so I just said I'd you know wait till I finished playing for the year and decided how I felt um you know and it you know I didn't uh, I wasn't put any pressure from the from the carry side to make a decision that soon before that so it's fine mm-hmm. and um in terms of making that decision then when it when it came to do you think the club Having such a long season, maybe thought, do you know, did that weigh into making that decision for you? Because it was a long campaign. Yeah, it was. I, I think, like, when I decided to retire, it wasn't a football decision totally. Like, I mean, we did second child in February. I was busy with CSG work and it was football. And I suppose I just got to say, for a look at this stage of my life, the amount of work it would have taken to try and get on the football field to be competitive, to not be, you know, to remain injury free family life, work life, I just felt I probably couldn't keep it all going. 
And I was trying to weigh up, like at this stage of my life, which was, which was the fairest to everyone, you know, that if something was going to suffer, was it going to be work, family, or football? And I just said, look, at this stage, it probably has to be football. And that was why I stood away. It wasn't the case where I said, look, I'm completely done of it. You know, if I thought that, you know, if I didn't have a young family or whatever, and I thought that I could contribute to the, to the setup, I probably would have stayed on. But it just that I just felt that something had to suffer, and it wouldn't be fair for Sinead and the lads to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And then one of the things that retired players probably struggle to adjust with the most is uh, watching from the sidelines. Um, Is that something you you found hard or? Yeah, I just found it a little bit strange. And I think, look, I suppose because it was it was mostly my decision to to step away. um, You know, it wasn't if I was really keen to stay on and the management said that, you know, you have to go. Uh, You know, it probably made it a little bit easier. Uh, Of course, you're saying, have I made the right decision and stuff? But I just I suppose the fact that it wasn't just footbally related um, it probably made it a little bit easier but sure look of course the final whistle goes against Tyrone you'd love to be going into the dressing room you know the draw with Carrot Mayo and Killarney you know you'd be itching to play Ireland semi-final next Sunday sure you'd love to be getting on the bus and all those things but that'll never change I don't think that's the, in 10 years time I'll still be feeling like that you know mm-hmm. um, so look it's I've ha- I had a great time I was there 15 years um, I can have no complaints you know it was Kerry was very good to me um, had some brilliant times, made some brilliant friends, and uh, you know, Santos Pastures new now. Mm-hmm. Well, in, la- in last year's All Ireland final, um, I had read somewhere that you were actually sick in the in the lead up to it, and you'd lost weight, and you didn't even know if you were going to be able to play. What what was wrong? I got a very bad bout of tonsillitis, um, so I think the week after the Dublin game was first strain. I missed I missed a week. I lost uh, four kgs between the semi final and the final, um, but. I, look, I was back fine for the fi- for the final. I got training maybe uh, about four days before the game. Um, you know, and luckily it worked out. Mm-hmm. No, it definitely did. I mean, what what a way to buy out as All Ireland mm-hmm. champion. Um, how does that one compare to the? Uh, you've got three in total. So, how does last year's one compare to the other two? Um, look, they're all very different. You know, it's 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 for me. It was different because there was such a big gap in between them. You're coming in. I was lucky enough to come on the final in 2009. You win your first Ireland. You're only 20. You know, it was brilliant. And then I sw- 2014. I was, you know, heavily involved in all the games. You know, and it was you know, you know, very special in its own right. And then to to, to finish up when you know I was supporting other leaders on the team and you know the some of the best players ever to play the game. It was all very special. They're all you know. It's like picking one of your kids or whatever, they're all very different. Um, I wouldn't give any of them away. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually think uh, I read a stat. I think you're the only player to have won in All Ireland in each of the last three decades. Did you know that? Oh, <laughs> there you go. look, yeah, it's a, it's a nice stat. <laughs> yeah, just an, an added little bonus for you. Um, you mentioned 2014 there, that was a sort of similar because there was a little bit of a lull, you know, since Kerry had won their last All-Ireland, yeah. um, Dublin sort of dominance and all of that. And then same thing again uh, last season. How does that 2014 team compare to last year's team and what's pretty much is this year's team? Yeah, um, I suppose 2014 was full of a lot of guys trying to win their first medal. Uh, it was almost like a transition from like the old guard to new guard and we had a lot of guys like James Donu and Paul Ganey and Peter Crowley and, and you know guys winning their first Ireland and they were driving on the you know the setup and it was similar last year you had like you know the all the guys that won Ireland minors were driving it on to win their first medal and that was a big similarity between them um, 
you know, like say 2014, you guys like, you know, Mark Shea, Declan Sullivan, who are, you know, led Kieran Danny legends of the game, you know, and, you know, it, it was, it was, it was probably not that it wasn't their team, but they were very much cogs in it as opposed to being the mainstays and similar, I think, to guys that won their, uh, second or, you know, medal in, in tw- last year, it was driven on by guys who hadn't won one. Uh, you made your debut in 2008, I think, yeah. uh, but there was a lull, I think it was 2011 and 12, you were, was it injuries? What what was wrong? Yeah, with I, uh, I did my cruciate in the league game in, uh, in 2011 in April, and then I was just coming back in March 2012 and I did it again, and then I was coming back uh, at the start of 2013 and we played a challenge game in Sleesh and I tore my retina in my eye so I didn't come back until the say tw- I played against Manon in the league in 2011 and then I didn't play for Kerry again until the Ireland quarterfinal against Kevin in 2013 so I was just injured <laughs> Yeah but I mean that, that's injury after injury that must have been so yeah. disheartening and stuff at the time what was it like to get through that? Yeah it was very difficult you know but I suppose yeah, you just have to get on with it. Um, I was out so long, I needed to get my knees right and my eye right for, even if I never went back playing football, I wanted to get them right, you know, to general life, you know, so it's only about a case of getting them back and, you know, at no stage would I think, oh, this is going to be career limiting if I wanted it. If I wanted to go back in, I always believed that I'd be able to get back into a physical condition that I'd be able to compete. Um, you know, and luckily I, I have no. Uh, three years in a row, I had to read the Kerry manager and say I was gone for the year, which wasn't uh, very pretty. But um, look, I got them all out of the way in a three-year period. Nearly, I was been—I've been lucky enough with injuries since. Yeah, just take them all off. Yeah. Um, when you said you did your cruciate twice, was it the same leg or the other yeah, one? Same knee, yeah. Same, same knee. I've, I, I always just find sort of ACL cruciate injuries really interesting. Um, I always say I'm, I'm just wishing it upon myself, so I've got to stop asking about them. <laughs> but. Uh, uh, I remember reading in, in Bernard Brogan's book that he had a lot of trouble, obviously, with his knees and, and cruciates. Uh, and they came to the decision of either getting surgery or there's the alternative situation where you can rehab the muscles around it so that they're so strong that you know you can actually continue on playing. And that's what Kieran McGinney did. And I think it's what Michael Dara McCauley did, you know, like real freakish athletes. Was that an option for you at the time? Is, is there any um, sort of, do you hear about that? Yeah, I for the kind of rehab at the time, no, this is over 10 years ago, so mm. it might be a little bit different. But the rehab side of things, for me, it would have, if you had a partial tear, you know, so if it wasn't completely severed, then you had the option. But for me at the time, it was, um, uh, it was when I had completely severed. I had been in Australia doing my rehab the first time, and I went over just to visit Tommy, a good friend of mine, Tommy Watch, who's famed to Swans. I ended up talking to the guy over there, and he'd done this Lara's treatment, which was a, like a false cruciate. So that was a lot of the, the was in for the professional athletes down there at that time. But I was only 22, 23. You know, was I going to try something new? Like you were back in 12 weeks, kind of unproven kind of thing. And I just said, no, do you know what? I'm just going to get it done the conventional way or the right way or whatever and just you know believe that it's going to work and come back and just try and try and go that way well you're still kicking now you, you're with the club this season yeah 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 so uh still playing away yeah really enjoying it uh it's good to be back in with the lads yeah good stuff and then after the run last season i mean how, how much of a belief do you think that there is there that god you could you know replicate something of, of that success and maybe even go one further yeah to be nice you always have to believe you know and it's a run like that uh, with the club is special. You know, it's 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 
I suppose, with Kerry, you're, you're coming in hoping that you're going to be at the business end of it every year with the club. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Um, you know, you get a great group together at a time and you need to be able to, to make hay. And, you know, we had a brilliant time last year. Um, who knows what will happen this year? You just don't know. But um, no, it was hugely enjoyable and loved back playing and training away with the club. Mm-hmm. Now, this weekend's obviously a huge weekend for Kerry uh, playing Derry. Yeah. What 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 are your thoughts on that? I mean, there's no secret Kerry are huge favourites here, and I know you're maybe going to downplay them a little bit, but uh, as is your role as an ex player, but um, Derry do pose a threat. There's there, oh, there's no denying yeah. that either. I mean, what what would be your concerns as a Kerry fan? Yeah, like, are, are if any? Yeah, I don't see it as a banana skin. I think you're coming in with your eyes open. You know, if you lose a Derry, you knew what was coming. They were being very dominant in Ulster. You know, the last two years. Uh, or more they've you know going to get a right bounce from the minor win um, they've got I think you know at this stage you need a lot of individual talent in order to be successful I don't think the systems you know they'll get you so far but they won't get you over the line at the latter end unless you have individual talent and they have a lot of that they have two really good guys midfield they've uh, Shane McGuigan up front they've you know obviously Christy McCaig in the back they have a lot of really really good individual talent uh, so I think they're going to that's a big factor for them. They're obviously very well organized. Um, you know, they've tweaked their system, I think, from last year. They're probably a bit too uh, defensive last year. They're committing guys forward, you know, and um, they'll be, you know, on the, co- on the counter-attack, they'll be a dangerous animal. Um, you know, and Kerry will have to be on, on uh, you know, will have to play very well to win this game. Uh, you mentioned Kerry's midfield there, but Kerry's midfield will be getting a lot of media attention this year. Um, some of it because you've retired, so even in retirement, it's still your fault. <laughs> um, but Jack Barry, Jeremy O'Connor, you know, they come under criticism. I, I think it was mostly after the Mayo game, really. But then they sort of proved a lot of doubters wrong against Jerome. What what, what do you think of, of the Kerry's midfield duo? Did you ever see it as, as a proposed weakness? I, not, I didn't really know because I've marked them. I've played with them both. Uh they're two very good players. I think they were just a bit unlucky in the sense that, look, obviously I stepped away. But apart from that, Joe Connor did his cruciate and Stefan O'Cumber got injured. So it was three guys from the one position were gone. I mean, if you took three corner forwards out or three corner backs out, or, you know, you're going to have that, uh, you know, that, 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 you know, it's going to hurt that position. But, you know, I, I, did I have any worries? I didn't really. I knew the lads so well. I played a lot of football with Jack, um, you know, with Kerry and I played a bit with Dearmed and I've marked him loads. Uh, it was only a matter of time, really, before it, it got going. Uh, they're incredibly talented guys. And, uh, you know, it was great to see them, you know, play so well last weekend. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's, it's, it, they're, coming, they're coming good at a good time, Kerry. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then, again, touching on Derry's midfield, if you were coming up against the likes of a, a Connor Glass and a Brendan Rodgers, you know, two very different sort of midfielders. Connor sort of sets his strengths are really high. Uh, the high fetch and ball, Brendan mm-hmm. Rodgers... He likes to punch holes in the defence. Who, who do you think you would be? You would have been picking up. Might have been. <laughs> look for someone else. <laughs> Is there any other big blow that they have? <laughs> yeah, pass it on. I don't think so. To be fair, um, and, well, an interesting thing. I was talking to Paddy Bradley about this too. Uh, the matchups. Uh, I think the obvious one is Chris McGeag will be taking David Clifford. Yeah. Don't think anyone expects any different there. But it's interesting from there onwards. Uh, uh, Potty Clifford and Sean O'Shea. Like, what what do you think Derry will try to do with them? You know, McCluskey and McKinless or someone yeah. else. I I I think they'll obviously man mark the guys inside. I think outside they if they man mark all the carry forwards, well then they're not going to be able to operate in their system. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're not going to be able to have the organized defense and drop guys back. So I think although they're going to give Kerry plenty of respect, uh, you know, with the personnel wise, I still think they're going to try and fit their system. They're not going to completely abandon that that's been so successful up to now. I think they're going to try and uh, they'll obviously pick up Shawnee and, and Potty, but I don't think it's going to be as rigid as uh, Chris McKay and David Clifford outside. I think it, there's going to be a little bit of passing on. There's going to be a little bit tagging, but I, I don't expect it to completely go away from what they've been successful for them up to date. Mm-hmm. And then the other way is uh, Shane McGuigan. He's yeah. the, the top scorer overall in, in the championship at the mm-hmm. minute, a real man on form. Maybe didn't have his best day in the quarterfinals, but they rarely have two bad games in a row. Yeah. Who do you, how do you think Kerry will try to deal with him? Like, I imagine it'd be Jason Foley, but I, I, you know that that would be from the outside. But again, <laughs> I'm very much on the outside. Uh, you've, you're once you're out, you're out. Um, you know, and I, I would I would have thought that if and but I'd say it will depend where he plays. You know, I mean, if if he's out, if he ends up playing ten for a while, I don't expect Jason Foley to go wing back. Do you know what I mean? But if he's inside, you know, where he's been playing or whatever, I think Jason probably pick him up. Uh, and you know, like he's a very good player. It's not just a flash in the pan this year. He's been very good the last couple of years. Um, you know, and no more than our carry forwards. If they're here to be successful on Sunday, I think he's going to be a big part of it. No, he absolutely will be. Um, we you sort of mentioned we were talking about Chris McKagan, David Clifford. Uh, You've played with, God, some of the best forwards ever, and they just happen to be from Kerry. You know, Kieran Donaghy, Colin Cooper, uh, James O'Donoghue was unbelievable in that 2014 season in particular. Tommy Walsh, a teammate of yours. Where does Clifford rank in this? Is is he that good at this age to just leapfrog so many of them boys? Ah, sure. Look, he's right up there, isn't he? He's incredibly. Uh, he couldn't be do. He couldn't have done any more than he's done. I mean, if you look at what he's won. He's had a, an incredibly successful inter-career, inter-county career already. Do you know what I mean? And he's only 24, 25. Uh, his level of consistency is incredible. You know, um, yeah, sure. Look, he's, 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 be, he's been, he couldn't have asked any more from him as, as a carry man anyway. You'd be delighted with him. And he handles him so well itself off the field. He interviewed, you know, he's really, he couldn't be doing any more. He's, I'm delighted he's carry man. <laughs> Thank you. Um, do you remember what it was like when he first came into the team? Uh, presumably as a, as a young minor, did, did you did you hear much about him before? I know there is a lot of hype uh, about the younger I, players coming. I, the first time I saw him was in the Hogan Cup final. He got two five that day, or whatever. The I think actually with the against the Derry crowd, I'd say that was the same day. Um, and you know he came in. Obviously, he'd done a lot of the uh, had a huge minor campaign. And when he came in, you were kind of saying, look. You know, he's obviously going to take a little bit of time to adjust, but he didn't. <laughs> he just came straight in and he started by his own standards. He probably started a little bit quieter than he might have liked. Uh, and we were saying, I remember t- myself and Kieran Danny were saying, look, someone is this, this, this is coming, you know, and someone doesn't see it coming because I suppose he was playing inside with, ta- with Kieran Danny and James. I don't know. Uh, I think at the time, uh, or was it Paul Gainey, one of the lads anyway, they were, they were obviously in, in seriously good form. Uh, uh, you know, so he probably wasn't getting the heat then that he's getting now. And you know, you were saying that someone is going to get taken to the cleaners one stage, and I think he went out against Galway and he put in a huge, huge performance uh, and kind of just kicked on. He doesn't look back. Mm-hmm. And then the, the other game this weekend, uh, it's a sort of it's a similar setup in the terms that the, it's the Ulster side that's sort of uh, the underdogs, Monaghan against Dublin. Monaghan and sort of. Every time you write them off, they just prove you wrong, you know, and, and it's got to the stage where you nearly don't want to prove them wrong. But against Dublin, do you think they found their ceiling? Can you see them causing an upset? Um, 
I, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't see them beating Dublin on uh, the weekend. But Manning is a, it's it's like a group you'd love to be a part of. I mean, every day they get the most out of themselves. They never die. Everybody plays well every day, and sometimes they just come up a little bit short. But I I imagine every game they play, there's very few regrets. They give they always you know max out. Um, they're very difficult to play against because you know everyone every time you play against them, they're going to perform. But I just think Dublin were so impressive the last day against Mayo. Uh, they've again they have a huge amount of individual talent coming good, playing well at the right time. I think if they play like they 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 played against uh, against Mayo, I just think they're going to be too good for Manning. Mm-hmm. And we'll just end on predictions. Then, do you think it'll be a Kerry Dublin final? I certainly hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, David, for your time. Really appreciate it. No matter. Thanks again to our sponsors, Sure 72 Hour Protection. Remember to like, share and subscribe to the GAR podcast and check out Monday's episode with Niall McIntyre and Neil McManus as they reviewed all the action from the hurling. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the GAR Hour, brought to you by Sports Joe and Sure 72-hour non-stop protection, tested to the limits. Sure, it won't let you down. <laughs>